An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 357, submission number 2500. Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind aired on ABC from September 25th, 1998 to July 9th, 1999 for 22 episodes. Well, not too long ago, we were talking about how CBS made a deal with Miller Boyette to distribute all of their uh, ABC product. And by all of their ABC product, I mean two shows. Two. Family Matters, Step by Step. They ended up being canceled at the end of the season. But Miller Boyette were not done in the television business yet. Yes. But I should note that at this time, it was now Miller Boyette Warren. Because remember, Michael Warren was now part of the production team. So Michael Warren, taken from William Bickley and Michael Warren, they joined up with Tom Miller and Robert Boyette to form Miller Boyette Warren. And they still had one more show before... Miller, Boyette, and Warren would join Eddie Milkus in pop culture hell. And this is the story of that show. In Two of a Kind, ABC and Miller, Boyette, Warren were trying to reestablish the TGIF brand after CBS had pretty much gutted it for Family Matters and Step by Step. If you remember in that season, TGIF featured Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Boy Meets World, and a couple of shows that they were basically running out the clock until the fall of the following year both of which are going to be covered in future episodes, You Wish and Teen Angel. So the next season, ABC dealt one more time with Miller, Boyette, and Warren to pretty much shore up their fledgling Friday night block. Sabrina the Teenage Witch would return. Boy Meets World would return. And then they'd have two more shows to uh, add on to that block. Brothers Keeper, which is a future cover. And the second show was Two of a Kind, 
from the producers of Step by Step. In fact, uh, two of them, Howard Adler and Robert Grifford, who ended up being showrunners for Step by Step. So Howard Adler, Robert Grifford, joining up with Miller Boyette Warren to produce this show. But it was missing one key piece of the puzzle. Make that two key pieces of the puzzle. Because this was, in the mid to late 90s, the age of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Seems like every three months they have a new made-for-video movie coming out through their production company, Dual Star Entertainment. And Miller Boyette Warren and ABC would team up with Dual Star Entertainment to create this. I believe it is their only network series. And because it's a Dual Star Entertainment production, Mary-Kate and Ashley would play twins named Mary-Kate and Ashley. Oh, that's real original. I'm just surprised their dad wasn't played by Tony Danza and his name wasn't Tony. Well, they don't have a dad played by Tony Danza who plays Tony, but they do have a dad named Kevin Burke who is played by Christopher Sieber. And Christopher Sieber, he's known for his role as Agatha Trunchbull in Matilda the Musical. But he was nominated for a Tony for his role as Sir Dennis Galahad in Spamalot. Oh, Spamalot. Everyone loves Spamalot. Yes. Well, also, he was in Shrek the Musical. He played Lord Forquad. Yes, the role originally done by uh, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, yeah, in the movies, yeah. But yeah, he's the father of uh, two twins. Mary-Kate, of course, is the tomboy who loves sports, horses, and modeling. And Ashley is the girly girl who loves fashion, dancing, and modeling. Wait, what did Mary-Kate love besides sports? Horses. Horses. Mary-Kate also. She loves horses. She plays Mary-Kate Burt. She loves horses and gorillas. Eight o'clock, here's the McMahon. Mary-Kate has two best friends named Max and Brian. Max is played by Orlando Brown, who you'd remember as 3J on the later seasons of Family Matters. And Brian is played by Martin Spangers, who is the youngest son in Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. He was the sibling that was not Penny from the Big Bang Theory. Or the other one. Remember, the Hennessys had two teenage daughters. And Brian had this big crush on Ashley. But he was only Mary-Kate's best friend. Sure. Go figure. Whereas Ashley, girly girl who loves fashion, dancing, and cheerleading, who's a straight-A student, better at math than Mary-Kate, and has a crush on her math tutor, or, or, oh, sorry, she has a crush on Mary-Kate's math tutor, 
Taylor, who is played by Jesse Lee, who you would probably remember as the original Bobby in the original Brady Bunch movie. Oh, the first Brady Bunch movie from 1985. Yes. He also played Bobby in a very Brady sequel. But he did not play Bobby in the Brady Bunch in the White House. Do you know who was the heel in a very Brady sequel? We just talked about him recently. Tim Matheson. Ah, uh, yeah. He, what, what was he? The uh, person who said that he was uh, Carol's husband? Yes, and hold on a second. Spot on up, spot on up, spot on up. We find out that Carol Brady's husband was the professor from Gilligan's Island. What? The first husband. I'm sorry, what? It's revealed in a very Brady sequel that Carol Brady's first husband was the professor from Gilligan's Island. Okay, yeah. In Hawaii, Carol escapes from Trevor's clutches and manages to find her way to Dr. Whitehead's estate. For Trevor gets there, it turns out Trevor was responsible for the boating accident that led to the disappearance of Dr. Whitehead's son, Gilligan, and Carol's first husband, a professor. And do you know who plays Gilligan's dad in a very Brady sequel? I know this because I'm looking at the cast right here. John Hillerman. That's right. Higgins was Gilligan's dad. Mike, are you amazed by this? I'm amazed, but also I thought I had two really good credits uh, for Jesse Lee Soffer. But now I, I don't even know if I can top that with this new revelation that John Hillerman uh, was Gilligan's father. Gilligan's father? Yes. Was Gilligan's father. I, I don't think I can go on, but I'm going to try. Go ahead and try. Okay, now I, I think I've got a good first one. He has been on Chicago PD since apparently the start of that show, 189 episodes as Jay Halstead. And we talked about Bobby Brady earlier. Greg, you're going to love how this weaves together here. Because he played Bobby Brady, but not in a movie like you'd expect, not a Brady thing. He played Bobby Brady on a 1995 episode of Wings. Oh, yes, because as we established 57 episodes ago for the first time ever on this podcast that I love Wings. I hope you had a scene with Tony Shalhoub. Just stay away from the ship and we'll all be good. So like I said, he was on 189 episodes of Chicago PD as Jay Halstead and nothing else. And nothing else. Nothing involving Bobby Brady and Wings. No, no. Uh, uh, rounding out the cast, as the twins' cool babysitter and student friend and employee of their father, Professor Burke, is Carrie Moore, played by Sally Wheeler. Seems to be the only credit for Sally Wheeler. However, she guest stars in episodes of Spin City, As the World Turns, 
and has appeared in Lipstick Jungle and Blue Bloods. So, yes, she's been busy as of late. But because this is a Mary, Kate, and Ashley joint, most episodes center around the twins trying to hook up Professor Burke with Carrie. Although I believe that is illegal, immoral, and really, really scummy in 2023. And also we have, as Carrie's classmate and a student of Kevin, Paul, who has a Saturday job as a pizza delivery guy, who has a crush on Carrie but is too afraid to admit it. He's played by Ernie Grunwald, who is a that guy from that thing. He's played a customs officer in Dudley Do-Right, a young postal employee in Men in Black 2, and, oh, oh my, oh gracious. He played Donnie Lieberman in an episode of Psych, and I only bring that up because I know, aside from Wings, Greg also loves Psych. Yes, because we all know who was in Psych. Uh, Dulé Hill and James Rodé Rodriguez. Yes. And it made Dulé Hill's career. No. And the West Wing made Dulé Hill's career. We all know this. No, no. Uh, Psych made James Rodé Rodriguez's career. Yes. But there are some recurring characters, and we'll talk more about them as we talk about the episode. But once we get past that happening, Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve theme music, which is only the second theme by the two that does not include lyrics. The first one is The Family Man, which we will eventually cover. We have these adventures. Episode one. Putting two and two together. This is the pilot episode. Widowed Professor Kevin Burke tries to find a nanny for his twin girls who wants someone to discuss girl stuff. The uh, details here, Mary-Kate and Ashley are fed up with having a babysitter, especially if it's their elderly neighbor, Mrs. Baker. But when they meet Carrie, they're determined to convince him to hire her. So they devise a plan to get their elderly neighbors, Mr. Fillmore and Mrs. Baker, interested in each other. That way, Mrs. Baker will no longer be able to babysit. But Kevin has his doubts about hiring Carrie and thinks that it's more practical to have Mrs. Baker babysit Mary-Kate Nashley. Fun fact, the twins are 11 in this episode, but are 12 in the rest of the season. Playing Mr. Fillmore, we've discussed him numerous times on this podcast. Ron's daddy, Bryce Dallas's granddaddy, Rance Howard. And playing Mrs. Baker, Gene Spiegel Howard. A.K.A. Ron Howard's mom. So you had both Ron Howard's mom and dad in this episode. Hey, let's show some love to Clint, too. And Clint. Yes, yes, we should not forget Clint. Oh, and I think where we talked about Rance Howard, I think was Madam's Place. Yes. It was Madam's Place. Episode 2, Prelude to a Kiss. 
Ashley becomes jealous when, during a slumber party, Mary-Kate reveals that she's kissed a boy. Also, after Paul finds out that Carrie spent the night at Kevin's house, he assumes their relationship is more than it actually is, which leads to rumors about a more personal teacher-student relationship. A note, although this episode aired prior to The Tudor, the events of that episode came before Prelude to a Kiss, in which Ashley admits to having a crush on Taylor, even though he wasn't hired until The Tudor. So, yeah, we have episodes airing out of order. That's a good sign. Episode 3, The Tudor. This was the episode that was supposed to air before Prelude to a Kiss. Kevin hires a math tutor for Mary-Kate. Ashley convinces Mary-Kate to switch places, twin humor, so she can flirt with the cute teenage tutor and she can focus on basketball. But their scheme doesn't go as planned. Meanwhile, in a B-plot, Carrie convinces Kevin to ask out a woman at a coffee shop. The switcheroo is something that Michael Cole would call twin magic. By the way, the cute patron that Kevin may be hot for, her name is Stephanie, she's played by Diane Nado, and she is a that woman from that thing. No, literally, she has like five credits on IMDb, and the leading credit is the Jeff Foxworthy show, so think about it. Oh, did you notice who directed this episode? Richard Carell. Yeah, we talked about him in the past. Legendary Richard Carell. Yes. Yeah, he was on the week of Patch Game of Hollywood Squares Hour with the Leave It to Beaver cast. And Gallagher. And Gallagher. And Gallagher. <laughs> and Gallagher, yes. Uh, again, I will say it to my grave. If Gallagher smashed the watermelon on the Friday episode, the house would have been brought down in Burbank. Everyone would have loved it. Episode four, first crush. Ashley gets assigned Pokey Valentine, her crush, as her partner for a history project. After learning that he's spending time with Mary-Kate, Ashley is furious. The twins set up a trap to catch the alleged two-timer with surprising results. You won't believe what happened. Playing Pokey Valentine is Gregory Pirelli, who was on six episodes of something called The Road Home. But his most notable, and by notable I mean visible, role was as Jared in a 1999 episode of The Sopranos. I'm left to surmise that maybe he got whacked. We have a name in this episode playing Rick, David Sutcliffe from Gilmore Girls. And we have a recurring character here in Eddie Fairbanks, who's played by David Balson. <laughs> he also starred in something called The Honey Zoomers. The, the hell? First- the first series about the pandemic shot during the pandemic made it a classic sitcom style. Two actors, two cell phones, two separate locations, two months in quarantine. I'm putting it on. Put it on! That's, that's just great. 
<laughs> Episode 5. Breaking them up is hard to do. Mary-Kate and Ashley become worried about losing Carrie when their father, Kevin, starts dating a woman named Marcy. So to prevent that disaster from happening, they come up with a plan to get Marcy to dump Kevin. Doesn't a Mary-Kate and Ashley plan usually involve getting two people together? Yes. This is new territory. Playing Marcy. I don't think we've talked about her before, but I'm surprised we don't talk about her often. Hallie Todd. Yeah. Lizzie McGuire's mama. And, and Chico. We're going to be talking about her in another Miller Boyette production a month from now. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Chico, did you know Succession Season 4 is coming soon? Hey, I, I I seem to remember mentioning Jerry Levine in uh in an episode once. I don't know why I bring this up now, but there you go. She also played Data's daughter in one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. So Lizzie McGuire's mother was Brent Spiner's daughter on TNG. Yes. Wow. Next episode. Nightmare on Carrie's Street. Mary-Kate and Ashley switch costumes with Max and Brian so that they can attend Carrie's Halloween party, from which they were banned by Kevin. So the twins are switching costumes, but they're not switching costumes with each other. They're switching costumes with their friends. Yeah, that makes sense. Episode 7, The Heartbreak Kid. Mary-Kate wants to get a pet, but she's had bad experiences with animals in the past, which makes Kevin a bit worried. So Carrie and Mary-Kate buy a homing pigeon. No, this isn't going to work out. Thinking this pet will actually stay alive. Meanwhile, Ashley is heartbroken when she finds out her crush, Taylor, has a girlfriend. Uh oh. And the girlfriend is played by Lauren Ekstrom. And Lauren Ekstrom, not done much before this and hasn't done much since. Nowadays, she is a yogi on video. No, seriously, look at her credits Yoga Detox 30. Holistic Yoga Flow, Yoga 30 for 30, and The Ultimate Yogi. Okay, you disappointed me. When you said yogi, I thought you meant like this type of yogi, boo-boo. Oh, yogi, I meant the other type of yogi. Oh, that sucks, boo-boo. Hey, I'll give you another name. You look at this guy's face, you'll be like, I know him from somewhere, and when I tell you where he's from, all the pieces will fall in place. I already know where he's from because I'm a fan. Or you cheated. But playing Lenny in this episode is a gentleman by the name of Paul Wilson. Two places you might know him from. He played a bar regular named Paul Crappens on Cheers. And I, again, I saw the, the face and it's like, yeah, he was on Cheers, but the place I remember him from, he played Leonard Smith 
the president of the condo association on it's Gary Shandling show. That is. Yeah. Oh, well, I said, you look at that face and it's like, I know that guy. I know that guy. And then when you look at the credits, it's like, he's that guy from it's Gary Shandling show. So again, just one of those names that looks awfully familiar, but then once you put the face to the place, makes all sorts of sense. That it does. That it does. By the way, I didn't mention this in episode six, but you know who wrote it? Fred Rubin, who is the uh, one of the current showrunners on the uh, New School Night Court. Very nice. Episode eight. You've got a friend. Ashley makes a new friend, Nicole, leaving Mary-Kate feeling left out in the cold. Aww. Meanwhile, Eddie and Kevin's friendship is in trouble when Carrie tries to be a mediator during an argument. Nicole, played by new recurring character Kimberly J. Brown, who nowadays can be heard in the video game Vegas Tales. Let's not bury the lead, Chico. She played the role of Morty Piper in the Halloween Town movies on the Disney Channel. Episode 9. Model Behavior. Ashley is excited for the model search for a teen magazine takes place at their school, but Mary-Kate is chosen over Ashley. What? (laughs) They are the exact same person! Wow, for once you steal my line. He is absolutely speechless, Mike. I am both. You know, it sort of reminds me of the time Charlie Chaplin uh, took part in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and ended up in second place. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like that. If they're twins and they look alike, yeah, how can you choose one over the other? Just saying. How do you choose one over the other? You know what? At least Ashley can be comforted that it was Mary-Kate, not Elizabeth. Elizabeth would have been way too young for that. Well, she would have. Yeah. But she ended up with Vision, so... She was the ultimate winner in life. Episode 10. Peeping Twins. After Kevin buys them a new telescope... Mary-Kate and Ashley snoop on their neighbors. They think that they witness their neighbor, kindly old Mrs. Baker, murder her elderly boyfriend, Mr. Fillmore. Uh-oh. 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 The situation gets even scarier for the twins when Kevin asks Mrs. Baker to babysit them. Oh, no. Oh, this is like a rear window sort of situation right here. While he goes to a jazz concert with Carrie. Are you kidding me? Wait, are they going to go see Kenny G? I hope they go see Kenny G. No, it's 1998. They're probably going to go see Mindy A. Bear. Meanwhile, Carrie hears Kevin play the saxophone and encourages him to perform for audiences just like he did previously. And, of course, we have the return of Mr. Fillmore and Rance Howard and Mrs. Baker and Gene Spiegel Howard, a.k.a. Ron's parents, 
Bryce's grandparents. And Clint's and, parents, too! Yeah, and Clint's parents, too, yeah. But wait, you're saying in this episode, Jean Spiegel-Howard is trying to kill off her real-life husband? That's <laughs> what you said. No, if you think about it, that's exactly what you said. They think that they witnessed their neighbor, kindly old Mrs. Baker, murder her elderly boyfriend, Mr. Fillmore. So, yeah, Gene Howard is trying to kill Rance Howard. What the heck? (laughs) Uh, The line of the episode comes from Mary-Kate Burke. Mr. Fillmore looks pretty good for someone who was sliced up and stuffed into a garbage can. Oh, jeez! No, OG is McGilla Gorilla. This is two of a kind. Somebody's been watching too many uh, Forensic File episodes chopped up in a garbage can. Lovely. Hey, where's Keith Morrison when you need him? (laughs) Tonight on Evil Lives Here. Ah. By the way, a little behind the pale here. If you are a follower of us on Instagram and you notice the button that says Random Reels, that's Bill Hader as Keith Morrison. Ah. <laughs> Barry season four coming to HBO later this spring. The final season. Oh, that's right. It is simultaneously awesome and the worst thing ever. Yeah, but hopefully we get that NoHo Hank spinoff one day. We can only dream. Episode 11, A Very Carrie Christmas. Carrie accepts Kevin's invitation to spend Christmas with him and the girls. Carrie brings a homeless man, Walter, as her guest to Christmas dinner. Sometime during dinner, everyone is shocked to find out that Walter stole all their gifts. No, that is not cool. No, 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 no. not cool. See, Jack agrees. No, no, no. No bueno. He's no bueno. But they appreciate it when they learn the truth about why he did it. Probably wanted to uh, give something to his homeless friends. There's a mother involved, played by Mina Dillard. So, yeah, okay, I totally get that. I'm kind of surprised you brought up Mina Dillard's name. Because she has next to no career. Taking a look at IMDb, this is her last entry. She was on an episode of Melrose Place. She was in Scorn 2, a TV movie called Silhouette. And her first listing in IMDb is as Woman in Car on a 1994 episode of Silk Stockings. Woman in Car is not the woman meat of the week. I'm sorry. Playing Walter is Raymond O'Connor. Raymond O'Connor, known for playing Park Ranger Bob in The Rock, a Catholic priest in Just Like Heaven. He is a that guy from that thing. But he did play, speaking of silk stockings, he played a building manager in an episode. So he wasn't the man meat of the week. Not even close. What building manager would be man meat of the week on Silk Stockings? Oh, I could think of something. Okay, I'm not talking about Schneider on one day at a time there, Chico. Calm down. I'm just talking about your normal old run-of-the-mill building manager. 
And I'm sorry if I just outed you out as somebody who loves Harrington Jr. as Man Meat of the Week. Uh... Next episode! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Episode 12. Let's dance. Mary-Kate and Ashley prepare for their first school dance. Mary-Kate wants to dance with Jeremy, but he tells her that he only knows how to swing dance. Which would have been cool in the mid to late 90s, probably still is. Meanwhile, Carrie teaches Mary-Kate how to swing dance, and at the dance, however, Mary-Kate learns that Jeremy doesn't know how to dance at all. What? He lied to her because he wanted to impress her and have an excuse for actually asking her out to the dance. Which Kevin is a chaperone. Surprise, surprise. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Playing Jeremy is Emil Hirsch. I know him as Speed Racer. Yes. He's literally known for Speed Racer and nothing else. That's not true. No, he's been in a lot more than Speed Racer. He plays the voice of... Jim Lake Jr. in Troll Hunters Tales of Arcadia. Troll Hunters Tales of Arcadia? The hell is that? It's a Guillermo del Toro joint on Netflix. Oh, that explains it. Of course, Guillermo del Toro would have something called Troll Hunters. That does sound like something that Guillermo del Toro would make. He also played Jay Sebring in the feel-good film of 2019, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's right. The greatest twist ending in history in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But also, let's not forget, it gave the world that classic meme of Leo pointing at the TV. Here I come. Oh, here I come. Oh. Let's take a cue from Leo and take a commercial break. We will be right back with these 1998 to 1999 era commercials. After these messages, we'll be right back. Watched by more people than any other network. ABC. ABC next on an all-new Sabrina. Ooh. Sabrina's magic's gotten her into trouble again. Hey, Sabrina. And now Valerie's talking just like her. Oh, look, Valerie, you first. I guess... Stop! And looking just like her. Good morning, sweetheart. And she's even after Harvey. What's a witch to do? Is nothing sacred? Next on TGIF, your weekend starts here. Well, well, well. A little snack for the dolly. Mm, doesn't that look good? Time for a big bite. Open wide. <laughs> This one's got it all. The most awesome cola taste that's bigger than the wild blue yonder. But only one calorie. You want to taste one? Yeah. You want one? Yeah. You want one? You got one for me? Put your tray table up and prepare for takeoff, my man. <laughs> all the taste, one calorie. Only one has it all. 
The average kid doesn't get straight A's. Doesn't get straight A's. The average kid could live on french fries. I could live on pizza and ice cream. Gummy bears. The average kid trusts their friends more than anybody. The average kid is totally bored. Totally bored. The average kid has a lot more on their mind than you think. The average kid is pretty strange. The average kid has been offered pot. Has been offered pot. The average kid thinks everybody else smokes it. But the average kid doesn't. The average kid is anything but. Oprah, two different shows twice a day on ABC7. Hi, I'm Melissa Joan Hart. On Monday night, I'm hosting one of the year's biggest music events. And tonight, you're watching TGIF get an exclusive first look at the American Music Awards. Episode 13, Split Decision. Mary-Kate and Ashley begin arguing more frequently, which causes them to move into separate rooms. They soon learn that they miss each other and move back into the same room. Meanwhile, Kevin's doctor and Carrie begin dating. Soon, she thinks that her new love interest wears a bra, which leads to embarrassing moments for both Kevin and Carrie. You won't believe what happened! Playing Dr. Martinson, Ben Reed, who hasn't been in much of anything. Well, I think his last credit was in 2021's Broken at Love, whatever that is. Episode 14. My Boyfriend's Back. Carrie's ex-boyfriend, Alex Reardon, is back in town, and Carrie feels that she must make herself look as successful as he is. So Carrie convinces Kevin to pretend to be Carrie's fiancé to make Alex jealous. On the same night when Carrie and Kevin are out, the twins have a party that doesn't go quite as planned. In the role of Alex Reardon, the perennial, smarmy, successful type, Patrick Babian. He played a smarmy role on CSI. He played Professor Lasky on previous entries, Saved by the Bell, The College Years. And I'm pretty sure he has had numerous smarmy roles in his career. Well, hold on, Chico. I'm going to steal a line from you. Okay. Is this typecasting? Uh, he played a smarmy guy named David Wheeler in two episodes of Kung Fu from earlier this year. He plays Jeff on one episode of Apple TV's The Morning Show, which I need to watch. He played Governor Putnam in three episodes of Black Monday. Well, answer the man's question. Is that typecasting? Yes. I got another name. Not a big character, but you're going to love how this flows together with something Greg mentioned earlier this episode. Playing Tammy in this episode is a woman named Olivia Hack. Greg, you remember earlier in this episode we were talking about Jesse Lee Soffer and how he played Bobby Brady in both the Brady Bunch movie and an episode of Wings? Yes. You're going to love this. Because Olivia Hack played Cindy Brady in both that movie and that same episode of Wings. Wow! She also played Captain Picard's daughter 
in Star Trek Generations. A caveat to that, though. She played Captain Picard's daughter in Star Trek Generations when Captain Picard was in the Nexus. Because remember, the Nexus kind of messes with your head. That's why Malcolm McDowell so badly wanted to go with the Nexus in Star Trek oh, Generations. Don't get, me, don't get me started on uh, Malcolm McDowell. I saw his uh, two episodes, the final episodes of CSI Miami. He, as a very crooked lawyer, it was in an accident who may or may not have died, we will never know, because CSI Miami was canceled that year. By the way, you have not had a chance to ever listen to Malcolm McDowell's episodes on Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Please listen to it, because I laughed so hard with that. In fact, I think when we did SNL 80, we mentioned that episode, because remember, <laughs> Gilbert brought up the time he hosted SNL, and... Malcolm mentioned about how the cast was filled with people like this one guy, Johnny Rocket. Johnny Rocket! (laughs) I remember this because it was actually Charles Rocket and was known to be, if I'm not mistaken, the first person to drop the F-bomb on Saturday Night Live. Who wasn't Paul Schaefer. Who was not Paul Schaefer. Yes. And by the way, when we get to episode 400, not saying anything, but we might be talking about Charles Rocket on that. Episode 15, No Man's Land. Mary-Kate is forced to teach Ashley all about sports when she develops a crush on Eric, an avid sports fan. Meanwhile, Kevin must apologize to Carrie when he causes waves in their friendship. In quotes. Playing Eric, the sports fan. Justin Schulte. I don't believe he's been in much of anything because he doesn't have a picture on IMDb. Oh, my mistake. He voiced Handsome Boy in 2000's The Little Mermaid 2 Return to the Sea, which was the crappy Disney tune straight to DVD release, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, you're right. He doesn't have anything in IMDb. And neither does anybody else in this particular episode. All right, let's move on to episode 16. Episode 16. Carrie moves in. After being evicted from her apartment due to Kevin not mailing her rent check. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Not mailing her what? (laughs) She didn't pay her rent, Greg. She didn't pay the rent. Yeah, yeah, that here's the thing. She wanted to see the rent. She wanted to pay the rent. I want to see rent. Carrie discovers his basement and offers to help transform it into her own apartment. But when the rent is too damn high, a dispute occurs between Carrie and Kevin, causing both of them to spend some time alone and rethink about what to do. Meanwhile, Mary-Kate likes a boy in her karate class, but debates whether or not she should let him win when they face each other in a match. You know, it's sad that this episode was released in 1999 and not 2010, because I'm sure they could have gotten Jimmy McMillan to cameo, because Jimmy McMillan was the rent is too damn high guy. Uh, My name is Jimmy McMillan. And I represent 
The rent is too damn high party. I represent the rent is too damn high party. People are working eight hours a day and 40 hours a week to some a third job. Women can't afford to take care of their children, feed their children breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My main job is to provide a roof over your head, food on the table, and money in your pocket. This is politics as usual. Playing a silly game. It's not going to happen. The rent too damn high movement, the people I'm here to represent can't afford to pay their rent. They're being laid off right now as I speak. They can't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Listen, someone's stomach, child's stomach just growled. Did you hear it? You gotta listen like me. Okay, Let's Mr. talk Nicklin. about the issue. Mr. People can't Mr. afford Mr. to Cuomo, pay their rent. 30 Stop. seconds for you, sir. Rent is too damn high. By the way, the boy that Mary-Kate likes in her karate class, his name is Carter. He is played by expert martial artist in his own right, Blake Foster. Now, of course, I remember him as Justin Stewart, the blue Turbo Ranger on Power Rangers Turbo. But to bring it back to things that we said in this episode... He played Peter Brady in The Brady Bunch in the White House. Oh, my God. So we have both Peter Bradys in this episode. No, just the one. Oh, wait. Was the, other the, other, was the other was Bobby Brady. We had, oh, a, wow. we had Bobby Brady. We had Sidney Brady. And now we have Peter Brady. Oh, we have had too many Bradys. And playing the sensei in the karate class. Philip Tan, who is a known stunt person. He's worked on Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Minority Report, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, Inception, Bullet Train. He was in Bullet Train as a stuntman. And he was a stunt coordinator on all 44 episodes of Dr. Ken. I didn't even know Dr. Ken needed a stunt person. What did they need a stunt person on Dr. Ken for? I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Dr. Ken needed a stunt double? Dr. Ken? I don't get this. I don't either. That's why I'm laughing over here. I am befuddled, y'all. Episode 17. Mr. Right Under Your Nose. After failing to raise all the money that was promised for her school fundraiser, Mary-Kate convinces Ashley to gamble the money that she did earn on a basketball game in order to double her money, but it doesn't go exactly according to plan. Meanwhile, Carrie begins to feel jealous when Kevin ends up having a good time dating her best friend, Nancy. Now, Carrie has to figure out her true feelings for Kevin before it's too late. And I should note, directing this episode, we talked about him back in 2020, Jason Bateman. Because we talked about him in previous entry, It's Your Move. Last time I heard of Jason Bateman, he had a bit of arrested development. (laughs) And funny enough, That also had Ron Howard. By the way, Carrie's best friend, Nancy, played by Samantha Smith, who played a different character in a previous episode. The episode where they were looking for models, the model behavior episode, she played a different character. 
known for playing Josh Demel's wife in the original Transformers movie. Not Transformers the movie, just Transformers. Just Transformers. It was like a freaking uh, Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad situation. Do you mean it's like a the new monkeys versus new monkeys situation? Yes. All right. But Greg, she was in an episode of both Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Cool. All right. Episode 18. Episode 18. <laughs> episode 18. Welcome, Matt. <laughs> Kevin is not pleased. Kevin is not. Oh, come on. Get it together, Chico. Kevin is not pleased when his lazy brother Matt comes to visit. Kevin knows that his brother is immature and unreliable, which becomes increasingly clear after an incident at a hockey game. Or does it? Get ready for another round of Is This Typecasting? Because Matt is played by David Lasher. David Lasher, by the way, best known for cutting his teeth in the business as perennial slacker Ted McGriff on Hey Dude. So, I must ask the question, is this typecasting? Yes. Oh, look who directed this episode, guys. Oh, yeah, big name. Ted Wass? Yeah. Yeah. Worked with David yeah. Lasher on Blossom. Whoa, whoa. Well, also, he played uh, Danny Dallas, uh, Jody's brother, Billy Crystal's brother, on Soap. And even recently, I did not know this. Well, I don't watch this show because it sucks. He played Cat's father on Call Me Cat. He played Mayim Bialik's dad. Yes, it all comes full circle. And also, Soap and Blossom, of course, both uh, Susan Thomas joints. Another name in this episode played Antoinette Jolie Jenkins, who can now be seen as Katie's mom on Alexa and Katie on Netflix. Hey, we talked about that show last week, so that's two straight weeks with an Alexa and Katie reference. Mm-hmm. Two straight shows, because remember the last uh, actual episode we did was that 80s show with Eddie Shin. Yeah. Episode 19, Chico. The odd couples, Mary-Kate and Ashley, have been paired up with male partners for a school assignment in order to learn about marriage. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carrie starts dating Matt, despite Kevin's advice to the contrary. Hey, directing this episode. Joel Zwick, who's best known for directing the movie My Big Fat Creek Wedding. He also directed a lot of uh, TJF shows. He directed Perfect Strangers and uh, Full House, episodes of those shows. And Family Matters. Yep. Of course, Carrie and Matt, they get into it. It's like, wait, it's too early. We can't go yet. And Matt's like, why not? And Carrie's like, Kevin gave me this self-righteous speech about how I shouldn't date you. If we go home now... 
he'll know he was right. And Matt's like, I got the exact same speech. That's why I asked you out. And Carrie's like, you mean the only reason we're both here is to show up, Kevin? And Matt's like, that's why I'm here. That and because Jag is a rerun tonight. That might very well be the line of the series. I'm only with you because Jag is a rerun. Yeah, I'm only here because I can only do so much with Catherine Bell, if you know what I mean. Good, everybody! (laughs) Episode 20. When a man leaves a woman, Kevin realizes that he is bored with his inhibited girlfriend, Nancy, and agonizes over how to end the relationship. However, when he tries, Nancy misinterprets him and becomes even more serious about him. Meanwhile... Knowing how much Mary-Kate loved horseback riding when her mother was alive, Carrie invites her to come along for a ride. Mary-Kate declines, puzzling Kevin. Also, Ashley gets in trouble when she secretly orders a handbag for Jennifer's party over the internet using Kevin's credit card without his permission. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can we get back to the horses for a second here? The horses. Because if you remember, Mary-Kate does like horseback riding. But something I just remembered. The last episode of Full House. Oh, yes! Michelle was riding a horse and had a terrible accident that got her seeing double for the whole episode. That's right. She saw a hallucination of herself. So it was Mary-Kate and Ashley the one time in Full House where they acted opposite each other. And by the way, the last line of Full House won me money on HQ one time. Because remember, the last line of the series is just as we always do by uh, Danny at the end of the series. Mm -hmm. Won me money on HQ in the last question. Just thought I'd mention that for no reason. Episode 21. The Goodbye Girl. Carrie has plans for a spontaneous journey through South America for the summer. Before she leaves... The twins trick Kevin and Carrie into having dinner together at the restaurant. At the airport, Kevin is disappointed to see that Carrie is traveling to South America with a classmate. And in the end, Carrie kisses Kevin and then boards a plane. Now, that would have been it. Because that episode aired on April 2nd, 1999. Except for one thing. There was still one episode left to air. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And that episode ended up being a burn-off in July 1999. Kevin Burke's Day Off. You can tell that this was supposed to be somewhere in the middle of the run because, you know, the Goodbye Girl just seemed so final. But to be accepted as a member of the cheerleading squad, Ashley must pull a mean prank on Mary-Kate's new friend, Gabrielle. Ashley soon learns that nothing is worth doing something so mean to another person. Meanwhile, Carrie convinces Kevin to take a day off from work, and the two go to a ball game together. But what will Kevin's bosses say when he finds out? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Man, Susan's gotten a lot of work in tonight. Indeed, she has. Hey, I mixed it up, guys. I put Petty Duke Aston there. <laughs> oh. oh. Well, you have to give equal time for equal uh-ohs. What can we say? 
Hey, we got a name on this episode. We do. Oh, playing a barista is Eben Ham. He is known in the Star Trek universe as Operations Division Ensign, or a Klingon Council member, on Star Trek TNG. But also, someplace that we've talked about him, he was on the match game Hollywood Squares Hour. Not as a celebrity, he was a contestant. Well, you know what? As far as great match game Hollywood Squares Hour contestants, he doesn't compare to the magnificent beard guy. He doesn't compare to Katie to the Meta, and he doesn't compare to Gary. And I should note, let's not forget, guys. Hashtag Gary was robbed. Wait, wait. One more name to throw out. How does he compare to Butch Hartman? Ooh. Butchie! Butchie! Oh, did we mention that? Greg! Greg Dieter! Yeah. He played an angry neighbor on an episode of How I Met Your Father. Oh, recently? Last season. Oh, what episode of How I Met Your Father? Stacy. Oh, Stacy, okay. Yeah, Sophie feels haunted by her boyfriend's ex while Sid and Hannah hash out an old argument. We have another name on this episode. Yeah. Playing Gabrielle. Francesca Marie Smith. You may not have seen her in much, but you know her voice. She's the voice of Helga Pataki on Hey Arnold. Yes. Hey, you know what I just realized? We talked about Lizzie McGuire's mother earlier. Now we talked about Lizzie McGuire just now. So, oh, yeah. That's going to come up in the 2023 year in review. The time Lizzie McGuire cameoed on How I Met Your Father. Yes! Hold on. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. do you want to describe to Mike what happened on How I Met Your Father? Uh, okay, so Sophie, who's played by Hilary Duff, puts in a phone call, and on the other end of it was Lizzie McGuire, also played by Hilary Duff. He's speechless. Yeah. That is the show, and... Looking at the schedule, because it did air on ABC Friday nights, it was one of two new shows on ABC that fall, the other one being Brothers Keeper. And Greg was not here for this, but I'm going to say it right now. Produced by James Widows, the Brothers Keeper. Yay! Two of a kind lasted from the fall to that April, where it was replaced by Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and replacing Sabrina the Teenage Witch were episodes of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was replaced by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. But then Sabrina the Teenage Witch went back into that 9 o'clock slot and the 8 o'clock slot was filled with reruns of Home Improvement. Which would have been its final season. Yeah. And later that summer, it would be Home Improvement, The Hughleys, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and America's Funniest Home Videos, except for two weeks in August, where uh, 
a little quiz show aired in the 8.30 half hour. You may have heard oh, of it. No, what was it? Who wants to be a millionaire? No, still not ringing a bell to me. Nothing? No. Mike? Mike? Can't say I've heard of it either. I'm sorry. Well, but yeah, uh, Two of a Kind was selected to lead off that fall, and I guess we wanted to see more of Mary-Kate and Ashley, but we didn't really want to see that much more of Mary-Kate and Ashley because it did win its time slot. Against Kids Say the Darndest Things on CBS and Fox's answer to the family sitcom Living in Captivity. I remember the name. I don't remember the show itself. There was absolutely nobody of note on this show. It was basically a show around a gated community. An ensemble cast for eight weeks. Okay. So, maybe a future cover? Who knows? But, yeah, uh, it started out with a 7.8 leading the time slot and leading off the uh, TGIF lineup very well because it went 7.8 for Two of a Kind and then 8.4 for Boy Meets World Sabrina the TH Witch had a 9, and then Brothers Keeper fell to a 7.6. So I guess we know where the weak link was in the uh, TGIF 1998 block. Two of a Kind never rated that high again. One week after Kids Say the Darndest Things would reclaim the crown... And then you have the ALDS on NBC with the Yankees and the Rangers. Oh, hold on a second. Here's a Greg Diener fun fact. Do you want to know how many runs the Texas Rangers scored in the ALDS against the Yankees? How many? Okay. Chico, do you want to guess? Zero. Mike? I was going to say one. One! Oh, it was and guess what, guys? The next year, when the Yankees played the Rangers in the ALDS, do you want to know how many runs they scored in the ALDS in 99 against the Yankees one year later? Two? Mike? I'm going to go back to one. One! <laughs> two for two, yay! Two runs! A grand total of two runs in six games. And two of a kind did hold its own. The next week, but winning the time slot, was the ALCS. Oh, yeah, that would have been the Yankees in Cleveland in 98. It would be the Yankees in Cleveland. And that's the ALCS where Chuck Knobloch has a literal brain fart right in the middle of game two. (laughs) And nearly cost the Yankees that ALCS. So, during its run, Two of a Kind got respectable ratings, but not earth-shattering blockbuster ratings. Hold on, time out. I mentioned Chuck Knobloch. I forgot to mention. Do you remember the time when Chuck Knobloch 
threw a ball into the stands at Yankee Stadium, and it hit Keith Olbermann's mother in the head. Oh, no. This is a true story. Chuck Dahlbach threw a ball so high at Yankee Stadium, it hit Keith Olbermann's mother in the stands. No. Okay, so two of a kind held steady but not blockbuster ratings, but things started to take a turn when NBC programmed a little-known family drama on Friday nights called Providence with Mike Farrell and Melina Kanakarides. Oh, yeah. After that, done. I mean, like I said, it had a good, solid run, but. At the end of the season, ABC declines to pick it up for a second season. But a funny thing happened since then. The show went into reruns on ABC Family, and it gained an audience? Really? Yeah. This was back when... ABC Family was Fox Family, and it was still struggling to find its voice. So, it started in 1999, just a few months after cancellation. And it kept running on the schedule until 2004. And it got, like, a bunch of YA books, I see. It did get a bunch of YA books. So, this show, as short as it was had a legacy. It's like Erie, Indiana, where it had, like, a gazillion YA books. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like it had only 22 episodes, but 40 books. 40 books! 40 books. Unfortunately, I do not believe that the show was ever officially released on any home media and it cannot be found streaming anywhere. Oh, that's a shame. But I imagine that episodes do exist online. Yeah. If you know where to look. Yeah, I wonder. You could make a daily motion to your favorite browser and... Oh, I see what you did there! But let's not forget, as I mentioned earlier, the ultimate winner... Was their sister. Remember, their sister, Elizabeth Olsen, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Trapped in the Multiverse with Doctor Strange. Maybe she'll be in Secret Wars. I don't know. That is yet to be determined. After Who Wants to Be a Millionaire became a regular thing... ABC decided to give TGIF a break. So unfortunately, even if two of a kind did manage to get a renewal, there would not be much interest left network-wise. But the show did have fans. The show did have promise. The show did have an audience. Unfortunately, due to being screwed by the network, it seems, two of a kind ended up just a thing on TV. Well, you can always find 
more things of a kind on our website. And it was a thing on TV.com where you'll find all of the 356 episodes that precede this one. You can also find many special bonuses. We got live shows, mini-sodes, director's cuts. Hey, we just did me and Chico live show on The Mandalorian season three premiere. It was fun. And let me just say, Grogu, he loves spinning on a chair. He loves spinning on a chair, also loves hugging strange new creatures. Yes. Like, just, Grogu, don't hug people you just met, even if they're little creatures, because they'll just say you're a bad baby. Don't do that. Bad baby. Bad baby. Bad baby. And remember... Our episodes can be found wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars only, because positive vibes only. And you better give us a five-star review, because I go on Apple Pockets all the time. I don't see any five-star reviews, so give us a five-star review, damn it! And if you are on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to our channel Hit the notification bell. We're trying to beat the YouTube algorithm here. So you can stay up to date on all of our entries, including the one we have planned for Thursday, where we have a crack block. A crack block. (laughs) I was waiting for Greg to say that. Yes. Yes, it's a Saturday morning cartoon show for people who hate Saturday morning cartoon shows, especially the castmates involved. They didn't like the show, they didn't like each other, and the network, strangely enough, didn't like them. This will all make sense next time, right here on It Was A Thing On TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you... For the next one! Wow! You got it, dude!